And now, and now, and and now, item, 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 item with Tommy Lee. Item with Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee. Item. I'm Tommy Lee, and this is the Item Podcast, my random record button for whatever's in my head at any given time. And today it's a peek at something I was invited to do right before my vacation started. Christmas bonus episode, item number 127. Yeah, I'm still on vacation, but in the last few days of my work week, my work year really, I was invited to be a part of the Christmas Eve specials that would be running on Froggy 102.7 in Elkhart, which is one of the stations that I read the morning news on every morning. Morning host and program director Carl Stutzman asked me to participate in his then one froggy Christmas Eve show with a few childhood Christmas memories, a little of how we celebrate now, and to read Twas the Night Before Christmas. By the way, Carl, mad props for then one froggy Christmas Eve. That's a absolutely brilliant name for that. Anyway, here's the segment. And welcome back to Then One Froggy Christmas Eve. As uh, I get to sit down here and talk to some of my favorite people in the world, heard there in the last break that we had a fantastic conversation uh, with the Concord Choir. Great group there. Uh, And and Tommy, and Mm -hmm. uh, welcome to the studio. I've got Tommy Lee with me here today. Our news guy, you've heard his voice quite a bit on the Morning Splash. Hello, everybody. And around Froggy 102.7. Been on and contributed a couple of other things, too. He is the multi-talented Tommy. One or two hats. Yeah, one or two times you've been on Froggy. You've been on the on the <laughs> dial 1027, or at the very least, the WAOR call letters once or twice, right? Yeah, both, yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Tommy in, and I don't know if you know this, uh, I was in the Concord Singers Choir when Where I was in high school. Yeah, uh, Their choir director, Liz Loy, who is uh, expecting, I don't know when she's expecting, but she's expecting. Uh, she and I graduated together in 2008. Mm-hmm. We were in Concord Singers. It was my one year in Concord Singers. I was only in choir for two years right. and i'm pretty sure the reason i made it was because there just weren't a lot of baritones hanging around back then ah. yeah you get the uh, high school kids you get a lot of the tenors or you get the bass kids i was the uh, long-haired bass guitar player kid in yeah. my high school who showed up for show choir with his uh, with his long hair and everybody was like oh god oh god why did we let him in metal guy and as i recently found but, out but they needed a bass yeah they needed a bass and, as I, and as I recently found out tuba player or tr- uh, yes trombone or no, tuba? tuba tuba player yes that's just Bizarre. I've yeah. known you for how long, and I had no idea that you played the tuba? Seventh grade through, yeah, senior year. Did you ever just, like, find a tuba and rip it out and just pull some chords? <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny enough, back when um, Woodwind and Brasswind still had their location uh-huh. uh, in town uh, over in South Bend, I uh, I popped into their little tuba room once mm-hmm. and just thought, okay, well, it's been, it's been a good 10, 15 years. Let's try it out. It had been a good 10, 15 years. Yeah, it definitely yeah. felt like it. Uh, I, I have a, I have an old con trumpet. I was I played uh, in the band in junior high school. I have a director coronet. There you go. From con. Um, yep. And uh, it's it's one of the old con trumpets, too. It's got yeah. the, the original con etching and everything in the yep. brass. I'll have to bring it in for you sometime. My uh, great-grandmother was on the line that made it. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. She's probably in the land that made mine, too. Probably then then as well. Yeah, I mean, mine's from the 60s. It, oh, no, this one's from, like, the 30s. Oh, yeah, the, mine's yeah, not yeah. that old. Yeah, no, this one's... This mine one's, just looks like it's that old. Yeah, this one's pretty darn old, but I, my, my parents brought it out, and they're like, why don't you keep this at your house now? 
And uh, yeah, I tried playing it. It did not go well. Didn't sound very good. <laughs> anyway, so we're here to talk about Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy is going to give a nice dramatic reading for us of the night before Christmas. And yes. we'll get to that here in a few minutes. Because uh, for those of you that don't know Tommy or have been around Tommy, he has perhaps one of the most uh, dramatic reading voices there are. I've heard, Aww, I've heard you, some sir. of the stuff that you've done. Yes. And it's always good. It's always fantastic. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Christmas stuff in your family. Yeah. The unique perspective from you that we don't really get around the building is that you are a military brat. Yes, I am. Air Force brat. Yeah, Air Force brat. You grew up at... Can you list off all of the various places you lived? We lucked out. We didn't move around a whole lot okay. when I was a kid. I was born in uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Um, then we moved to Northeast Michigan uh, when I was a kid, like real little. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was there. we were there until I was just before my 16th birthday when we mm-hmm. moved to Rapid City, South Dakota. So, so Las, Ve- so, so Las Vegas, Michigan, and then South Dakota. Yes. Sounds like the back end of that got really sad. <laughs> <laughs> like the old, what's the step down from South Dakota? North Dakota. No. <laughs> Thankfully, Dad never got orders for up there. But, oh, uh, man. Up at Grand Forks? Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh, my, dad, my dad was at Grand Forks uh, to start off with. I had a cousin who was at Minot. And from what I understand, oh, yeah. Minot's even worse. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to be out of those yeah, spots. It's, it's a no man's land up so, there in North Dakota. So, I, so you were lucky, and, and you were you you were pretty much in one spot for, yeah, for Christmas. For the most part, my yeah. childhood Christmases were very snowy, and they were spent on the uh, upper shores of Lake Huron. So, but I, I can't imagine that a lot of the kids that you knew and were around that that was the case. No, in fact, um, being being a kid who was at that Air Force base for. 15 years of my life, mm-hmm. 14 and a half, um, what you got real used to was getting to be really close friends with a bunch of kids who would then pack up and move away within a year or two. So it, from the perspective of being the kid and wanting to be around, obviously mom and dad, but where were your parents' parents from? Where are your parents' families from? Southwest Michigan. Okay, so that works out pretty yeah, darn, that, that worked out pretty okay. It's one of the reasons why we were there so long. Apparently over the years, and my sister and I didn't find this out till we were adults, mm-hmm. like in our 30s. But uh, Dad had the chance to um, um, get orders for Aviano Italy, oh my. Uh, Rammstein Germany, um, whatever the big base is by London, Lackland, I forget what it's called. Something um, like that, Over yeah. in England. Um, so England, Germany, Italy, and I forget one other uh, exotic spot, Okinawa possibly, could have happened mm-hmm. during our childhood. Nope. They decided, no, we want to stick around and, and stay here in the States and uh, and give the kids as normal a, a childhood as possible, which I wouldn't have traded now because, uh, you know, every summer my grandparents took me on vacation and spoiled mm-hmm. me rotten, and we had access to them like five hours away. So it was, yeah. so, so, so it was a good childhood. Or did you travel more for Christmas, or did they come to you more often for Christmas? As we got a little older, we started coming down here more often, but for the most part, um, Mom's parents would uh, would drive up and see us, and I think one year my dad's parents did. Yeah, and you were in tiny little Oscoda, Michigan, right? Yes, Wordsmith Air Force Base up in Oscoda, home of the owls. I would say, is, is you... In fact, uh, you, I'm wearing the hat today. I was going to say, I, I wondered if that's what the O hat was yep, for. Yeah. Is it around still? Like, what's what's still there? Like, where you grew the up? The town of Ascoda is. They've turned the Air Force Base into, like, a, a mid-station and refueling station mm-hmm. for a couple of, um, like, carriers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of shipping goes in and out of there now where the where the flight line okay. used to be for the B-52 bombers. Yeah. Uh, the town has struggled hard in the last 20-odd years since the base closed. Um, but... Uh, Kim and I went up last summer for uh, our vacation, and it was the first time I'd seen Oscoda in, well, probably a good 15 years. 
and um, the town's doing okay. It's it's, it's smaller. Back. It's 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 trying to rebuild. Yeah. But it's you know it's it's it struggles. It's it's the story of any small town right now in the Midwest. Yeah. I mean, you know, two thousand the, the the recession hit. Everyone got hit hard. If there was an Air Force base there, when they decommissioned those Air Force bases, mm-hmm. that takes away a lot of jobs, and that always hurts towns. And they find a way to repurpose it and rebuild. Yeah, and a lot of times they'll even repurpose and rebuild the the bases that they're keeping. I'll tell you an interesting thing about this. Uh, the place where I was born, mm-hmm. that hospital is now an office building. The apartments where my parents lived in Las Vegas no longer exists. Okay. The street I grew up on and the street that we lived on before we got base housing, neither of them exist because the base has been redesigned and they've ripped out all the houses in the entire neighborhood where I grew up in Oscoda. Wow. And even at Ellsworth in South Dakota, um, that street that I grew up on, that entire neighborhood was ripped out and they built a new thoroughfare for the bigger expansion of the base. So none of the houses that I grew up in, up until the point where Dad retired from the Air Force, exist right now. That's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Don't and, ever, don't ever leave South Bend. Yeah. <laughs> because no we, we don't want anything bad to happen <laughs> to South Bend after you leave. Exactly. So from your from your childhood, you know, growing up on the base, mm-hmm. favorite Christmas memory? Any? It doesn't have to be winter memory. Just something like that that sticks out in your brain. Anything like that? Oh man. Um, well, there was a, it was Northern Michigan. It was military families. Your health care was free. It cost you, you know, whatever the cost of your lunch was that day to have mm-hmm. a kid. There were a lot of kids. Yeah, um, I imagine. So, uh, in fact, I remember my my grandfather used to ask my dad, where would all these kids come from? Well, they all live in this building. There's like five different houses within our building. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody, you know, aggregated, pulled together. We had like 22 kids that lived in the building. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Just in our little building and of were, five. And they were all around your age, too. Yeah, and they were all around my age. So, it was there was a constant flow of, like I say, your, your best friends moved, but you know what? Another one was coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no matter what the what the post Christmas was for gifts, you had plenty of kids to run around and play with, and uh, tons of toys. And this was the era of the Star Wars action figures. Oh, we, yeah. we could put on pretty much the entire film with the figures that we had between us. So the typical snowball fights, broken arms, go on the sled hills, stuff oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. The the big uh, winter of seventy seven, seventy eight that a lot of people remember. Oh yeah. Um, we were jumping off the roof because we got like four feet of snow. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. But uh, yeah, it, winter was always an absolute blast. I say this as somebody who didn't have to drive in it. Yeah, no, you, you missed that part out pretty yeah. well. The, uh, the only bummer that I can recall is I was a horrible ice skater. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. You'll you'll survive. I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible ice skater, too. And much like you, love the sport of hockey, despite yeah. the fact that we could never play it. Can't play it worth a damn. So you've got uh, two grown kids now. Yep. On, on your roster. Yeah, one twenty three, uh, one about to be twenty three. And uh one is Emily's not married yet, is she? They're no, they're that's, engaged. That's about a year and a half from now. Okay, so Emily's engaged and uh then you've got Skylar who Skylar's been around this building for so long. I I, I every time yeah. I think of him as an adult, it just blows my mind. <laughs> and he's got his girlfriend and he's not living that far away either. You've got your kids pretty close. Exactly. Yeah, we've we've got our family Christmas stuff uh, that we will hopefully be able to see Skylar. He's uh he's in a new relationship and they're mm-hmm. trying to get the balance between all the families yeah, that's and always fun. Um, and I, it's like you know whatever you can do with the timing we understand we'll do what we need to do because he's got me then his mom's family then her family then her other mm-hmm. family and he's just got a nightmare to try and figure so out so what's a traditional tommy christmas 
Um, our family tradition, we just this past uh, weekend um, had Kim's family's Christmas. Mm-hmm. And um, on the 24th, we, uh, we get together with the kids, hopefully all of them, um, and have our family Christmas for what used to be the four and is now the six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas Eve night is always my parents. Okay. Um, and uh, then Christmas morning, traditionally tr- uh, Christmas morning, Skylar would be with his mom. Okay. So when Emily was younger, when the two kids were younger, that was when Emily got a little bit of extra Christmas, which Skylar knew and understood because he was getting extra Christmas yeah. with his mom. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's the joy of mixed families. You've hey, got to yeah. find the balance to be fair with everybody. But that was, and that's pretty much what we're doing again this year. Emily's going to get just a little bit of extra Christmas for her and Mike on uh, Christmas morning. And then it's just a day of eating and vegging out in front of the television. That sounds like a good Christmas. <laughs> yes, that sounds indeed. like a great Christmas. I'm on I'm on the other side. I still have the toddler that everyone wants to see. So my, oh, so yeah. my Christmas is chasing around a little one. Yeah. Uh, the, the nice thing is, is once you get them to whatever house they're supposed to be at for Christmas, you're pretty much good to do whatever you want. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's always an aunt that hasn't seen her yeah. in like two, it's, three months. It's basically a break. You don't yeah. have to hold that child at all. You do until not. Until it's time to leave. No, absolutely or not. Unless it's time to change it. Okay, well, I mean, it's it's good to hear about it. I mean, Merry Christmas. Because I'm, you, I'm probably not. In fact, I know I'm not going to get a chance to see you really uh, between now and Christmas. Right. So I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you have fun. And, you. and uh, we need to catch up and go catch a beer with some of our former colleagues yes, while we're on do. the break. We've been, we we've really been talking really about needing to get that done. So, all right, I will leave you to this uh, Tommy's right. rendition of uh, The Night Before Christmas. Thanks, man. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads and Ma and her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wandering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his corsairs they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name, Now Dasher! Now Dancer! Now Prancer and Vixen! On Comet! On Cupid! And Dunder and Blitzen! To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers, they flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas, too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler, just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. 
He was chubby and plump. A right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him, in spite of myself. A wink of his eye, and a twist of his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all of the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprung to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Tommy Lee, appreciate it, man. Merry Thank Christmas, you, buddy. Merry Christmas to you and Sawyer and Paige. Thanks. This has been the Item Podcast, written and produced by me, Tommy Lee, probably sitting at home typing and drinking at the moment. It comes out now and then, whether it needs to, whether I'm on vacation or not, apparently, here at Audio Boom and at iTunes and Google Play, uh, my personal favorite podcast app, CastBox, and a bunch of other places, Radio Public, so on. Music licensed through Firstcom. If you have some time to burn during your holiday break and would like to binge an original fiction podcast, I made one this year. Uh, wherever you find item, you can do a search for the archive. There's a lot of podcasts with that name, apparently. Wish I'd have known that ahead of time. Scroll down, look for the one with the dark blue logo that's got my name on it. It won an award, and it's based on my second novel, which you can find on Amazon. And last I knew, there was still a copy of that book left at the Hammes Notre Dame Bookstore at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, it's a horror story set for the most part right here in South Bend. 16 episodes, all under 20 or 30 minutes, mostly. Happy Holidays. Item is part of the opt-in on-demand family of podcasts. Now bring us some figgy pudding. This has been Item with Tommy Lee. by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.